Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Luke chapter 1. It's the story rarely told. We, uh, we know the birth of Jesus from Luke chapter 2. Oftentimes throughout the uh, Christmas season, you'll hear Luke chapter 2 read. A lot of times we skip over Luke chapter 1. It's a lot of information about uh, the angel coming to Mary and, and um, Mary meeting her cousin Elizabeth and the story of John the Baptist's parents um, being told also that they're going to conceive and have a child. But there was something very different about Mary and chapter number one and her cousin Elizabeth. Two totally different miracles. I love that verse in verse number 37 of chapter one, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Aren't you thankful for that verse? How many of you ever needed an impossible thing done and you're so thankful that you've got God that can do the impossible? I'm so thankful as well. But there's two very unique stories in chapter number one. And God is the author of both of these stories, but unique they are. Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias, they conceived. And it, and it was, the, it was the, uh, uh, the work of both of those, Zacharias and Elizabeth. But God opened her womb up and they conceived and had a child. And this was interesting. One is because she was barren. She was not able to have children. And she was past the age of having children. She was older. And Zacharias was an older man. And God allowed them to have a child. And so what a wonderful thing this is that God answered a prayer that they had. And God used this child in a great way. And this child that Elizabeth and Zacharias had, we know as John the Baptist. He was a forerunner of Jesus Christ, preaching that Jesus Christ had come. He baptized Jesus Christ. Interesting story. The second story that we find here also involves a young lady, uh, a lady uh, this one being a younger lady, Mary. And she also is with child. Except this is an impossible. This is the God of the impossible because this has never happened before and will never happen again. This lady, this lady, Mary, she was not married. She had not known a man and she was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. What was inside of her, the Bible said, would be called the son of God. He was going to come and um, as John the Baptist would preach, he is the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He is going to be the one that is going to come and die for the sin debt of all mankind. So what a, what a interesting and uh, wonderful chapter chapter one is. Oftentimes we will skip past that, get right to chapter two. And it came to pass in those days there went out a decree. And you know, that verse, all the world should be taxed and Mary and Joseph find themselves in Bethlehem and Jesus is born. But Mary is a young lady in chapter one. She's engaged to a, a man by the name of Joseph. She's not married. They're not living together. Mary is, is, uh, has never had a physical relationship with a man before. And she gets a visit from an angel of the Lord that comes to her and tells her that she has found favor with God. And that through her seed, the Jesus Christ, the Savior, is going to be born. 
And I want you to go with me. This is an interesting part of scripture, verse number 46 of this passage. It's a song that Mary sings. Mary finds out that she's with a child. This is a, a um, uh, verse number 46 tells of Mary's heart. And Mary said this, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is that, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath set empty away. He hath hoped or helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to, other, to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Father, help us today, I pray, as we look at the story of this mother, Mary, the one that was going to raise our Savior, Jesus Christ. Teach us something today, I pray. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit of God. Move in this place, we pray. Speak to each person here, whether they be male or female, on this, on this day from this message, Lord. We'll find a wonderful story about Mary, a mother, but Lord, each of us need to hear from your spirit today. So quiet, Lord, our hearts. May we concentrate on your word. May we allow your spirit to minister to us and strengthen us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you several things here in the time that I have this morning. Story of Mary. We, we know Mary as the mother of Jesus. There is a lot over the generations since Jesus was born that has been said about Mary. Mary is uh, a woman that after Jesus was born, she was married then to Joseph and she had other children with Joseph. Jesus was not her only child, but Jesus was her child that was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. Mary was human, just like every lady in this room is. And I don't say that to minimize uh, Mary as a, uh, a lesser person. I just say that to simply say Mary was a vessel, a human vessel used like God wants to use you and I for his will. But there are several attributes that I want to look at Mary here in this passage of Scripture. But I believe that each and every one of us, I want to speak to moms today, but each and every one of us can take these several points here, but I believe, and we could add value to our lives, to our homes, and we can become godly if we take these examples that Mary had. I want you to see with me in verse number 34, the Bible says this, we didn't read this, but I want you to find something here about Mary. I want you to understand this, that Mary grew up in a time, sometimes our, our thoughts, sometimes our thoughts of generations before us were easy to live. There was limited sin and everyone kind of got along well and everybody went to church and everybody served the Lord. But I, I want you to know this and understand this as we look at this story this morning. Every generation since the fall of mankind 
has born in, been born into sin. And every generation since the fall of mankind has needed a savior. Now we might, there may be some things that we're dealing in our generation today that are different than generations in the past, but sin was in every generation since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. The time that Mary lived was a time when Rome was oppressing Israel. Roman soldiers were all over the, the um, Roman Empire, and Israel is a part of that Roman Empire. Mankind was cruel. Women were treated very cruelly. It, it, there, there, were, there were things done um, by Roman soldiers and, 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 and things of that sort uh, against, against human beings that was disgusting and, and, and horrible, just like any war is done. Even in these days, there was sin in those days. There was, there was, there was sexual sin in these days. I, I remind you that there was one that was caught in adultery that was brought to Jesus, and they were going to stone her. There were some that we learn about that were prostitutes in the Bible. And so sexual sin was not a foreign sin even in these days. Mary, though, lived in a day of great sin. Mary lived in a time where Roman soldiers occupied her area. Mary lived in a day that, that uh, it might not have been as, as, as welcomed as maybe it is in our society today, but it still happened often. But Mary was one here. I want you to see in verse number 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. The angel has already come to Mary, and we didn't read this for sake of time, but the, Mary, the angel has come to Mary and has said to Mary, Mary, you're going to conceive, you're going to have a child. And she explained that this child is going to be of the Holy Spirit of God, that this child is going to be the Savior of the world, and, and that she was going to give birth to, to the Messiah, the one that, that the Jews were praying and waiting for. And Mary hears this story, and she's not doubting this story. She just doesn't fully understand the significance of what's going to happen. And she says to this angel simply this, I've never been with a man before. How can I have a child when I've never known a man? Now, this was a statement of innocence that Mary is making. This is not a statement of doubt, like this can't happen because I don't know a, uh, a man. This is one of a true innocence. I'm not sure how this can happen. Mary, Mary is living a life of moral purity. Mary is living a life, even though she's engaged to a man by the name of Joseph, she's still living a life of purity. I want you to mark this down, please, someplace in your heart today. And I would challenge every person in this room, moms, young daughters, I, I would say in this generation, what we need more than ever are adults that are examples of moral purity. We have, we have gone off the rails when it comes to this subject in society today. We live in a society where anything and everything goes. We live in a society today where people do what they want to do and are what they want to be with no, with no uh, uh, care at all what God has to say. Mary was living in a wicked day. Mary, Mary was living in a very difficult time, a very difficult generation. But Mary still chose to follow the word of God. She still chose to follow God's way and God's plan morally for her life. I want you to see this as well. Again, for sake of time, I want to get through each and every one of these. But Mary was a morally pure person. 
I want you to see with me in verse number 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary was not only a morally pure person, Mary was obedient to the Lord's plan for her life. Would you write that down someplace in your heart? Mary, here's an example of a, of, a, of a lady, soon to be the mother of Jesus Christ. She was able to be the mother of Jesus Christ because she kept herself morally pure. If Mary, would have, if Mary would have done what she wanted to do with her life, if Mary would have said, it doesn't matter what the law of the Lord is, I'm going to live how I want to live, Mary would have not been able to be used of the Lord in this way. Mary was able to have Jesus Christ because she chose to be morally pure. Secondly, she was obedient to the Lord's plan. You see, God had a plan for Mary's life. This plan was very different than Mary's plan for her life. Mary, at this time in her life, she was planning to have a child. Or, I'm sorry, she was planning to, to uh, 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 be married. Her and Joseph are planning this wedding. She's making decisions surrounding spending her rest of her life with this man by the name of Joseph. I'm sure, like every young person would, dreamed of being a mom and dreamed of having children. But this wasn't her plan. This wasn't her plan, and she was, she was living in a way so that this would not be part of the plan for her life, to have a child. But when the Lord came to her and said to Mary, Mary, this is my plan for your life. I've seen you. I've found favor with you. You, are, you have lived a morally pure life. There are some things about you that, that I've recognized, and I want to use you to bring this child, the Son of God, into this world so that he can die for the sins of all mankind. Mary, I want to use you. Mary was obedient to the Lord's plan. She was content in the Lord's plan. I, I, I pray that each and every parent in this room today would raise their children. Every parent that was here on this platform today would raise their children to be okay, to be content, to be satisfied, and to be obedient with God's plan for their life. Now hear me, parents. Sometimes parents get in the way of God's plan for their lives. Sometimes parents see, have dreams and have aspirations that aren't always God's dreams and aspirations for your child. Every parent in this room today ought to recognize that that child that God has given you, it's a gift from God. And your responsibility is to raise that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and give that child back to God. We are to raise those children not like they're ours, but like they're God's. And give that child to God. Raise that, that, that young child to hear the voice of God. Raise that young child to be obedient to the voice of God. Surrender to God. I see it in the generation that we're living in. Sometimes there's not a, a spiritual desire in young people. And sometimes I believe there's not a spiritual desire in young people because we as parents have put too much of the world in them. We allow them to participate in everything the world participates in. We allow them to dream and fantasize like the world dreams and fantasizes. The goals of a godless world cannot be the goals of a Christian home. Not, 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 listen to me. 
Some of you aren't going to get this. And when your children grow up and they want nothing to do with God, you're going to blame everyone else and everything else. But there's some responsibilities parents need to take. Our goal is not to raise good worldly kids. Our goal ought to be to raise godly children that love God, that are obedient to God's plan for their life. That if God's plan gets in the way of their plan, they will gladly choose God's plan over their plan every time. That just doesn't come by accident. It doesn't come by letting the TV babysit our children. It doesn't come by letting electronics rule our children's lives. It doesn't come by putting humanistic philosophies in things that are, are, are filling the minds of the unsaved in the lives of our children and thinking that our children are going to grow up to care about the things of the Lord. Mary here was obedient to the Lord's plan. She was content with what the Lord uh, called her to. She surrendered to what the Lord called her to. Look with me in verse number 47 of the same chapter. In my spirit, she begins to sing this song, this rejoicing song. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Number three, would you write this down someplace? She kept her heart on spiritual things. Her heart was on spiritual things. She magnified the Lord. She rejoiced in God. Here's a wonderful example of a, of a young lady who was morally pure in a wicked day. She was obedient to the Lord's plan, even with it, if it was different from hers, and she kept her heart spiritually pure on spiritual things. She magnified God. Listen, are you magnifying God by what he's doing in your life? Now, I want you to understand what is happening in Mary's life. This could cause her great consequences. Mary is going to be engaged to a man. She's not yet married to a man. She's not known a man, but she's got to come out and tell all of her family, all of her friends, and this man that soon as she's going to marry is that she's with child. This is going to be a difficult conversation to have. How many of you think are going to believe what she says? Jesus said, I'm the son of God. Jesus did miracles. He would walk up to a blind man and heal the blind man. He'd walk up to a lame man and heal the lame man. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He, he was sinless. He did miracles and they didn't believe Jesus when he said he was the son of God. Now here comes this young woman. That now has a child, and she says, oh, don't worry, I've not sinned. I've done nothing wrong. The child that I have is conceived of the Holy Spirit. How many would you believe, Mary? But Mary kept her heart on spiritual things. You see, there were issues and problems that could have been had in Mary's life, but she didn't concentrate, concentrate on those things. She concentrated 
on the Lord Jesus Christ. She kept her focus upon the Lord. She magnified the Lord. Listen to me, it isn't just when everything goes our way, we can magnify the Lord. It's not just when everything goes our way in our life, we can rejoice in God. You can magnify God even in your trials. You can magnify the Lord even in your struggles. You can rejoice in what God's doing even when you don't understand and others around you don't understand. Our purpose of living ought to be to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ in her life. She kept her heart on spiritual things. I want you to see with me next year, Luke chapter one, verse number 48 and 49, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Now, as Mary is saying this, she's not prideful. She's not saying, well, from now on, everyone's going to call me blessed. It's not in a prideful state. She's saying this as she's magnifying the Lord. She's saying that the God has taken someone of low esteem, someone that doesn't deserve this. She's proclaiming the greatness of God through this. She's saying this, that God could take a nobody and make nobody use a nobody for his glory and his honor. They would call her blessed because God had touched her life. This is not something that Mary said, I'm blessed and I've done this and look what I've done and the world now is going to look at me and I'm going to be this great example for the world to be. No, what she was saying is this, God has chosen to use the lowest so he can get the most glory. You see, every single person in this room, Every single person in this room ought to let God use you in a special way. Mary didn't allow what she couldn't control to discourage her life. You know, there could be consequences, I mentioned. But she kept her heart on what God was doing. Hear me. Don't let every single Hiccup. Don't let every single roadblock, don't let every single trial disrupt your life and keep you from serving God. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trials are going to come. Consequences are going to come. Situations are going to come. But Mary here, she couldn't control them, but she didn't let them discourage her. Mary didn't, nowhere do we find in chapter number one where Mary said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure what, what the next step is. You find Mary rejoicing in what God's doing, even though she doesn't understand it all. She's rejoicing in what God's doing, although there could be consequences to it. She's rejoicing in what God's doing, even though she has no control over it. Why? Because she has chosen to trust her God. Listen, all of us here are going to go through battles. All of us here are going to go through things in our life that we cannot control. Hear me today. Stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay focused on the Lord. Let me share this with you as well in verse number 49 and 50. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation a generation. Would you write this down in your heart someplace? She remembered to give God the glory. This was God's doing. Never take credit for what God has done. 
Mary, Mary said this in verse number 54, he hath helped, helped or hopen or helped. That word hopen means helped. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Mary remembered to give God all glory in this situation. You see, not only could have Mary walked around and said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, 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 I may make a bad decision in fear of what man could say. Mary could have also been conceited in this. But she remembered that in everything to give God glory. She took no credit for what God was doing. She remembered that she was just a part of God's bigger plan. You know, sometimes pride will cause us to be bigger than what we really are. Sometimes pride will cause us to think we're more important than who we really are. Unfortunately, sometimes pride will cause us to think our opinions are greater than others' opinions. Mary was sure to give God all the glory that he deserved. She took no credit for herself. She had faith that her God was in control. Look what she says here. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Uh, verse number 51, he had showed strength with his arm. He had scattered the proud in the imagination of the hearts. You know what Mary is saying? God is in control, and I'm going to behave that way. Everything that's going to happen, God is in control. Mary was one that was going to live a life of faith. Would you please mark that down someplace this morning? She remembered to give God the glory, and she remembered to live a life of faith. Mary realized this. There's nothing that I can do to help God. God is in control. Where's your faith in today? Mary realized this. If somebody's going to be blessed, it's going to be of God. If somebody's going to be torn down, it's going to be of God. God's going to do the work that God is going to do. And I simply want to be in a place to be used of God. A Messiah was promised. A Messiah was going to come and, and be the sin payment for all mankind. They were awaiting this. They knew that God was through Abraham's seed going to send a deliverer. They knew this. They knew the promise. They were waiting for the promise. And Mary was just thankful to be used of God in that place. But she believed God. Hear me today. I know all of us are in situations in our life, every one of us that we're not sure how the outcome is going to be tomorrow. We're not sure what the, the next day is going to bring. We're not sure how this problem is going to work out. Mary trusted God. You know what's interesting? There was no one that Mary could go to and say, you've been through this before, what should I do? There was, no, there was no playbook that she could go, go to the store and buy that says, if you ever conceived of the Holy Spirit, this is how you ought to live. 
No place that she could Google to find it. Amazon wasn't selling it at the time. You know what she had to do? Trust God and trust his word. So often in times of distress, unfortunately, we we run to so many places and so many people to try to solve our problems and to try to solve our difficulty when God just simply wants you to run to him. God wants to speak to you. Every mom right now that feels like you're overwhelmed and overloaded, you matter to God. And he wants to give you strength. Every marriage right now that is seemingly on the brink, not sure if it's going to make it another day, God has a plan. And God can give you strength. Every young person right now that's wondering and concerned of what the future is going to hold and and, and jobs and schooling and all of those things that are going to come, have faith in God. Trust his plan. Trust his plan. Trust his way. Remembering that he is in control. He sets up and he breaks down. He blesses and he curses. He sets those things in order that he chooses. You and I ought to learn the part that Mary had and simply know that we are blessed when God chooses to include us in his plan. You know what I learned in this? Mary realized God's always doing something bigger. Her obedience allowed God, through her, to birth his son to save mankind from their sin. Every mom here today, I challenge you, be morally pure. Every every mom here today, I challenge you, be obedient to the Lord's plan. Be an example of keeping your heart on spiritual things. Don't allow or don't don't come to a place where you have to control. Let God have control of your life. Remember in all things to give God glory and have faith. Trust in the one who's promised to supply and let him work in marvelous ways. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.